Hi there. Welcome to Sound Off Podcast. Now, each week, we strive to empower, inform, highlight, and deal with topics of concern that are relevant to youth and adults. I'm Claudine Schofield, community leader, educator, and hope pusher. Now, each week, our guests will include professionals from all walks of life. And some of our topics will include, but not limited to, mental health, financial literacy, goal setting, health and wellness, and topics that enlights and empower. And guess what? We'll also have lots of fun. And so we invite you to join the conversation. Good morning to you, all of our amazing listeners. My name is Claudine Lance Schofield. Always an honor to have my co-host, Amanda Renee Butler, in the Zoom Sound Off Studios. Good morning to you, Amanda. Hello, hello. How are you, Sco? Doing well. What about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. You know, uh, March was Women's History Month, uh, but we're going to still show some love to some phenomenal women as we go along. But more specifically on this morning, we'd like to say good morning to this phenomenal pastor and also the lead reading interventionist at South Conway Elementary School. We're talking about pastor, our friend, Marie Lanier. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for the invitation to join you this morning. Um, And as you said, I am Marie Lanier, Marie Mitchell Lanier, the lead reading interventionist at South Conway Elementary, uh, the pastor of St. Mark AME Church, as well as Friendship AME Church, both in the Marion community in Marion, South Carolina. I am excited about being on here with you ladies, and I certainly hope that I'm going to do what you are looking for me to do. Um, and you will. We go through this, this segment. Awesome. Again, good to have you. And and what? how fitting is it? It's Resurrection Weekend or more traditionally Easter Weekend. So it's good to have a pastor on. Um, however, in the first segment, because you are the lead reading interventionist at South Conway Elementary School, we want to begin talking about the importance of reading. So let's talk about in the beginning, let's just kick off by talking about how important is it for us as parents or community leaders or the village uh, to, to emphasize literacy and to begin to introduce reading to our young people or even babies? I don't know. You can talk to us about that. How soon should we begin that journey? Well, um, first thing we need to know that reading is the foundation of all learning. And, you know, I often tell my students that if you can read, you can learn anything. You know, because reading helps children to develop their language and their listening skills. And it also prepares them to be able to to understand print or written words. And and as educators, um, well, I know as an educator, I I hope to instill in my students a love for reading and not just for for pleasure, but for information as well. And there was a a quote by Julian Barnes that says, you know, when you read a great book, you don't escape from life. You plunge deeper into it. And so I just want children to to have a love for reading. And you said, how early should we start with with reading Mm -hmm. to our children? Um, While they're in the womb, at birth. Um, Yeah. And it continues through, through all ages. You know, it's, it's never too early. And as I stated before, because reading is um, 
the foundation of all learning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's another quote that I, I came across and I thought it was really good. And it says, there are many little ways to enlarge your child's world. Love of books is the best of all. I totally agree. Because you do, are you familiar with Dr. Seuss' uh, book, Oh, The Places You'll Go? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and all yeah. that's for reading because we can visit places that we've uh, never gone physically just from reading. Mm hmm I'm definitely, uh, I'm, I'm a witness to that because when I was younger, of course, you know, being proud from the country, it was so exciting to be able to read, you know, and I, I thought maybe places I would never go. And fortunately, I was able to travel outside of the country as an adult. But when I was younger, it was just like it took you, you actually kind of got engaged and, and felt that you were at a lot of the places that you read about. And so, yeah, I, I, I do believe reading is fundamental and it's necessary. Uh, I'm coming to you, Amanda, what did you have? I, I love the fact that you said that starting with um, reading to your children, possibly in the womb or as little kids, because I was fortunate because um, my uh, niece used to read to my son, Michael. I used to read to my son, Michael. And so he got reading from everybody, aunts, uncles, grandparents. But what about students who um, we may encounter who may start kindergarten or first grade and they haven't had that experience? Um, are there some things that we should kind of focus on or things that we should do for those students who may be in our community to kind of help them get jump started with reading? One thing, it's important for parents to let their children see them reading. That's good. Mm -hmm. you know, um, forget about those days of do as I, I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 you know, parents and, and grandparents, I encourage you to, to read to your children. And, you know, that will, for one, help them to get a, a love for reading, to want to read if they see you reading and then you reading to them. And, and also provide um, environmental print, emphasize environmental print. And, and some folk might not know what that means. It's it, it simply uh, print that you see every day within your home, around your homes, you know, signs when you're out and about and you see signs, road signs or whatever, read those with your children, labels um, that are on things within your homes, candy wrappers, read it with them, have them read it, you know, um, things in your kitchen, labels, things in your bathroom, just, just things within our, our homes. So provide, you know, environmental print for them, emphasize those things. Um, I thought about my daughter, when she was in elementary school, you know, she said to me one time, uh, she said, mama, I'm bored. Hmm. And I responded to her only lazy, dumb people get bored. I said, smart people know that there's always something to do, something uh, to find out that they don't know. And I said, reading is the key to doing something that you've never done and finding out things that you don't know. And I said, smart people always find something to do. And the majority of the time, you will find them reading. And I got to tell you, that's the first and last time she ever told me that she <laughs> You told her. <laughs> you said mm -hmm. it straight, straight like that. You I might have to use that, though. <laughs> right, 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 right. I might have to use that. Well, she did not want to be considered or thought of as dumb. And I let her know I'm not calling you dumb. I right. said, because I live far from it. But only lazy, dumb people start talking about how bored they are. 
Right. Because like smart people always know there's something to do or always something to learn. So yeah. let's talk about, um, so often people say, well, I can't afford, I can't afford. But with technology and with, you know, 21st century, all the things that are available to us, um, books can be downloaded. Books can, you know, you could go on the internet and do different things. And so what do you say to those people that go, well, people are saying, telling me I should read to my children, but I can't afford books or I don't have books. So Marie, tell us some different ways that um, parents can access things from the internet. There are plenty of places they can get books from. They can get books from their local schools mm -hmm. because we have a, a parenting center that, um, provides a reading program every week that the young, well before this pandemic that you know the children who were not in school yet could come and they would be read to and books were given to them and i think about um the the organization my my oldest granddaughter who's now just turned 6 but she used to call it Freedom Readums right yeah the awesome Freedom program Dr. Tracy Bailey wonderful program yeah, uh, and and you know the and and as far as downloading books, they don't have to necessarily download books. They can go on YouTube and and have books read to their children. I mean, there's mm -hmm. so many Good. different ways that they can get their children interested in reading or or read or for them to be read to or for them to read to their children. They can go online. They can go online for about anything else. Go online yep. and find ways to help your children. You sound right. like a parent. <laughs> you're right because you know what we do what we want to do but reading mm -hmm. is necessary and I, we're not taking that back and, and you don't have to be the best reader but like you said I like the fact and I remember doing that signs when you're traveling you know if you buying something like ingredients or even anything that's laying around like like a picture on the wall you know make right. it fun yeah, so I really, when you said that, it brought back some memories. But, um, you know, so that's what we're talking about. Again, for our listeners, we have Pastor Mitchell Lanier. And uh, we're really excited to have her as our special guest. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Special thank you to all of our sponsors. McIver and Graham Law Firm. Waccamaw Primary Care. Makiva Funeral Home. City of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Coastal Carolina University. Beginner's Paradise Daycare and Ruby's Next Level Experience. Welcome back to Sound Off Podcast. To you, all of our amazing listeners, welcome back to Sound Off. My name is Claudine Lance Schofield, joined by my co-host, Amanda Butler, and also our very special guest on this morning, Pastor Marie Lanier. Uh, she's also the lead reading interventionist at South Conway Elementary School, and we certainly appreciate you being on. So once again, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning. So can we jump back into it? Because we got now you're going to be Pastor Marie in this segment. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> you know, it's Resurrection Weekend or traditionally known for some people as Easter Weekend. And so let's talk about, you know, like anything else. I remember growing up, oh, my God, Easter has such a sacred feeling to it. I mean, you got excited about getting a new outfit, but then also going to church had so much meaning. I mean, I just, that was one of my favorite, favorite holidays. And so with anything else, we know that it's probably been commercialized. But as a pastor, would you say that the relevance of Easter, we've not lost that. It still should mean or still is has the same meaning as it was as we were growing up, or even more so because now we're a little more knowledgeable about what it really stands for. You know, we or 
or when I say we, uh, meaning Christians, right? We battle to um, to preserve the meaning of not only Easter but Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know, one thing that uh, commercialization does is it, it, it keeps the birth of, of, of Jesus and the death and his resurrection, it, it, it keeps it at the forefront of our minds. So I'm, I'm not going to say commercialization is all bad. Mm, that's good. That's for good. one thing, it, it's on people's minds for at least a month. Now, as believers, it's on our minds all the time. That's right. But do you know how many people have come to Christ during what we call the Christmas season or celebrating his birth or celebrating? And, 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 and you know, we talk about celebrating death, but that was a good death because we needed that death. That's right. And, and his resurrection. And how many people have come to him during those times that we call Christmas and, 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 and Easter? So it's putting it at the forefront. So I'm, I'm not going to say that it's all bad. What some people use it to represent, almost like those, um, the ones in the temple where Jesus went and turned the tables over mm -hmm. for the wrong things. But like I said, I, I don't think it's all bad because it, it keeps the death and the resurrection of Christ at the forefront of our minds. But what about commercializing it so much until... It, it brings no attention to what the, the you know, the, the death, burial, and resurrection really stands for. What is the danger of that? Because now the Easter Bunny takes, you know, precedence over the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is, is that, that a danger in that? That depends on what audience you're talking. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, not, well, unchurched, non-believers. I mean, do we, yeah, I think that, that, that's the audience I want to talk about. Uh, well, yeah, it, it, it does. But I, I don't think there's anywhere that we can turn that we don't hear during this season about the, the, the death and the resurrection of Christ. So they're, they're still getting it. They hear it. They're hearing it because mm -hmm. his word will go forth and it is going forth. And, and it's going forth even more now than ever, especially on social media, because everywhere you turn, you see a, a message somewhere mm -hmm. um, on somebody's page because we are no longer confined to that building that we call church. That's, That's true. That's, That's true. good. That is really good. And I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I'm telling you, that makes a whole lot of sense. Amanda, I'm coming to you. What did you have? Um, I want you to take a, take a few minutes. If you could actually explain to our listeners um, what is Passion Week? Because um, I don't want to assume that everyone listening actually knows what Passion Week is um, or why we even refer to it as Passion or the Passion. So if you could just kind of fill our listeners in. Well, Passion Week, as and, and it's also known as Holy Week. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the time during the Lenten season from, from um, Palm Sunday through, as some call it, Easter Sunday. Um, but those who are followers of Christ or believers call it Resurrection Sunday. So from Palm Sunday to Resurrection Sunday. And, and it, it's um, called Passion Week, which includes uh, that Palm Sunday, that Holy Monday, that Holy Tuesday. And some call it Spy Wednesday, that okay. time when, when Judas betrayed um, um, Jesus. And then that Monday, Thursday, and then Good Friday 
leading up to Holy Saturday, which we don't talk a whole lot about Holy Saturday. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, not a whole lot is done. It's it's uh, silent because that was during the time when Jesus just rested in the grave um, mm-hmm. on that Saturday. But, but Passion Week is so named that because of um, um, the passion with which Jesus willingly, willingly went to the cross for, for our sins, to pay for our sins. As, as I'm sure you've heard some preachers say, um, he paid a debt he didn't even owe for mm-hmm. one that we couldn't even pay. So Passion Week. So during, during this, this, this week that, that we've been celebrating, Jesus, uh, he, he truly revealed his passion for us by suffering the way that he did. And he, he willingly did so. He went through it on our behalf. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad about it. We too should be passionate about it. He was passionate enough to go through that for us. So we should be passionate in our worship. We should be willing to suffer. But you know, we don't even want to suffer if we hurt one little finger. But um, suffer for the cause of following him. You know, some people uh, faith afraid of facing rejection if you speak out to people about Christ or, 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 you know, share his message or the message of his death and his resurrection. Well, step out on faith and just be a little bit uncomfortable. Look at all how passionate he was about doing what he did for us. So we need to be passionate about getting his word out, getting the gospel out. And, you know, there's a song that says, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free. Well, there's the answer in that song, too. It says, no, there's a cross for everyone, and there's a cross for me. So, and, and I mean, I, I don't know if you want me to go into specifics of, of, of each day or whatever, but um, because Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, really not a whole lot, but just some things that, that um, Jesus went through. But the, the celebration is just Palm Sunday and uh monday thursday mm-hmm. and then we don't really do a whole lot of celebrating in some churches do um the 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 foot washing mm-hmm. okay the can you can you act because i know I, I realized that actually a lot of my friends don't actually know what monday thursday is um and c- could you kind of explain exactly what is that referring to in scripture text it, it's simply that Thursday before Easter, and, and, and that word Monday comes from a Latin word, which simply means command. And what did Jesus command us to do? To love, love ye one another. Love one another, exactly. And, 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 and you know, uh, it's that Thursday before, it's that word you don't like, Amanda, Easter, um, <laughs> <laughs> or before the resurrection. Um, and, and, you know, Christians remember it as, as the day of the Last Supper. You yeah. Know, when Jesus washed the feet of, of his disciples. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some people think they're above serving or, or, or washing somebody's feet. Well, you got to first learn how to serve. Right. But anyway, um, but, but, you know, the night of, of, of Monday, Thursday is also that night that Judas did what he did and he betrayed Jesus in the garden. So that, that's basically You, you took Monday. us to Sunday school. You took, I'm telling you, good information because like Amanda said, a lot of people, I mean, we hear the words and we hear the terms, but people 
don't necessarily always know what it really, you know, origin of it or what it means. And so we appreciate you doing that. Um, the, the good news is all of my sponsors are believers. And so I'm excited that we are able to freely talk about Passion Week and Good Friday because it is Resurrection Weekend. And so, again, we're really honored to have Pastor Marie Linnea, and also lead our reading interventionist at South Conway Elementary School. But, um, you know, we're just excited to have this pastor on with us on this morning. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Special thank you to all of our sponsors, McIver and Graham Law Firm, Waccamaw Primary Care, McKeever Funeral Home, City of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Coastal Carolina University, McGinnis Paradise Daycare, and Ruby's Next Level Experience. Welcome back to Sound Off Podcast. Good morning once again to you, all of our amazing listeners. My name is Claudine Lance Schofield, joined by my co-host, Amanda Butler. And uh, really, really honored to have as our very special guest on this morning, we have Pastor Marie Mitchell Lanier. And she's also the lead reading interventionist at South Conway Elementary School. Uh, good morning to you once again, Pastor Marie. Good morning. But listen, this has been so wonderful because, um, you know, Resurrection Weekend and an opportunity to really dig deep in, you know, as believers. And we're not, you know, we we have enough sense to know everybody listening to the show and on the podcast are not necessarily, might not be Christians, they might be other faith. So that's what we're talking about this weekend. What message do we have for people that have totally, totally are in the middle of or midways losing hope? Because this pandemic has really done a lot mentally to a lot of people. It, it really has. And, you know, my thing to them is our hope is not in um, our situations or our hope is not in the happiness of, of things around us. Our hope is in God, in Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's that, that confident affirmation that God is faithful. And whatever God has started, he will complete it. Um, and, 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 you know, no matter what's going on, no matter in this time of despair, but, but, but always God is faithful, whether it's, it's in COVID or, or no COVID uh, or a pandemic, you know, we can always look to God because on this journey of life, our hope is in him. It's not in our situations, not in our circumstances, because as long as we live, man born of woman, um, short of days full of trouble. So that mm -hmm. means we're going to have trials and tribulations in this life. But Jesus came, what, what does the word say? He came that we can have life and have it more abundantly. And when we look at all that he went through as we walk with him through this week, from, from entering, to, entering Jerusalem uh, to his walk up Calvary's hill, as we go through all that he went through, the pain, the agony, and he did it just for us. Our hope is in that, that no matter what we go through, that he will see us through. Don't always feel like it, but we've got to keep the faith and knowing that he will see us through. And yes, I, I've, I've had members that have experienced um, loss during this pandemic, mem family members that have been sick to the almost to the point of death. I've experienced the same thing within my own family. So we work to keep each other encouraged. I've had some members that would call late at night. I'm on the phone three and four hours sometime with them knowing I got to get up and go to school the next morning. But mm -hmm. 
you know what? God always makes a way. He provides that even when I go through that, uh, I'm, I'm not tired and sleepy the next day because I'm doing what he has called me to do. But there is hope. And what is our hope? Again, our hope is in Christ Jesus. Look at what he endured for us, knowing he came so that we could have eternal life. You know, he didn't promise that it would be easy, but he said that we could be at peace because he's already overcome the world. So whatever we go through, he's overcome it. And we just have to look to him. The word also tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know, sometimes a lot of our anguish, a lot of the the, 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 the feelings that we have, being depressed, downtrodden, we aren't seeking him first as the word says to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then everything else will fall in place. And, and it says if we keep our mind stayed on him, that he'll keep us in perfect peace. You, you know, again, I said what? Jesus, uh, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everybody. There's a cross for me. So we're going to have a little pain and suffering in this world, but we can get through it and we can get through it with each other. And one thing I will say um, with, with the first church, well, it's not the first church, but I had, but um, during this time, St. Mark, um, when we were forced to go into virtual services, um, we, we we're on Zoom and I can say that we have grown closer as a congregation, uh, a little more loving. So I said all of this took place for a reason. You mm -hmm. know, God knew what was coming. And, and, and for our sake, a lot of it was necessary. Now, I, I hate that a lot of people suffered um, death. But you know what? That's something that none of us will escape. And, 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 and I tell my members, when it's time for us to leave here, we're going to leave here. The one thing that you said that is really important to me, you talk about compassion. You know, as a pastor, I think it's so necessary to be able to love on your members and, you know, not, not judging them because people go through things differently. And especially we talked about the loss during this pandemic. I mean, the fact that your members can call you and you're able to love on them and listen to them. Because sometimes all people want to do is to have somebody that listens to them without judging. And so for that I say thank you for being that type of pastor because that's needed. I mean, people just want to be loved. And so, um, you know, even in the midst of all of this, I think love is a thing that has really, you know, caused us to grow and, and, and to really appreciate things that didn't matter before. Little things matter to me now, you know, coming to you, Amanda, what did you have? Um, I completely agree. I, I, I love the fact that you said our hope is in Jesus. It's not in a building and it's not in a location or a place, but our hope is in Jesus. So how do you feel like COVID is going to affect the church post-COVID? Do you feel like we'll go back to the way things used to be concerning church, or do you think the church is, is now changing? Well, we, we all know that COVID has definitely had a huge impact on the church. Um, and, 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 you know, when we're able to, to safely gather again, um, it's not gonna be business as usual. As or, you know, there there are those those who um, there are those who are ready to return to the church building, and then there's some who are are not as enthusiastic about returning. Um, 
because they've become comfortable worshiping at home right where they are, mm-hmm. you know, either on Zoom or a conference call or, or some form of, of social media. Um, and, and some have made that known. And so with that being known, I believe that the, the church is, is going to have to um, adjust. The, the church is going to have to, uh, as, as a matter of fact, I've already talked with the, about this with, with my members, that we're going to have to try to, you know, do our live uh, services to include technology as far as Zoom or mm-hmm. some live social media for our, or during our regular service. So it will definitely be a change. And another change that I see coming that this pandemic has put in place a lot of things that we did while we were in the building that were not necessary, that mm-hmm. we are not doing while we are meeting on Zoom, having worship service, you know, and it's not that we're cutting anything important out because everything that's important we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so that has helped us to see that a lot of the stuff we did was not necessary. Right. So Period. there will be some major adjustments. We won't we'll, we'll have to stay in church four or five hours. Not four or five. That one. That one. <laughs> that one. So, Pastor, you know, we just really appreciate the fact that you talked about so many things that's relevant to this community and they needed to hear. But I want to end by talking about the fact that you are a female pastor. And typically when we think of pastors, we think of males. And so how challenging has it been being a female pastor? Well, for one, when you have people who don't even recognize you as a pastor or even a preacher. And I think what some of those people fail to understand or or what they're basing it on is Paul's letters, but they don't truly understand Paul's letters because Paul did not um, go against female preachers. As a matter of fact, Paul had female evangelists and preachers or whatever you want to call them with him in his Mm -hmm. entourage as he traveled. He used women. And, you know, the thing is, people need to do the proper research and understand those passages of scripture. And they they just they just misquote Paul or they take it all out of context. But I've had my challenges where I can be um, in a pulpit with uh, a roster full of male preachers and everybody's called reverend until they get to me. And then it's Sister Marie or Sister Mm -hmm. Lanier. And I just smile. My family gets upset, but I just smile because I know who I am and I know whose I am. I know uh-huh. who called me. Okay. And I'm not there for man and, and, and their approval. Wow. That's awesome. You know, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I got listen. I mean, let's give it up. This is yes. wonderful resurrection weekend. And how appropriate would it be to have this phenomenal woman of God, this phenomenal educator, to grace us with their presence on this morning. So thank you, Pastor, so much for being on this morning. But listen, we cannot allow you to leave sound off without giving you the opportunity to shout some people out. So who would you like to shout out on this morning? I would like to give a shout out, of course, first and foremost, to my husband, uh, Michael Lanier, my son, Jonathan, and my daughter, Jasmine, and to the wonderful members of my my two congregations, St. Mark Mm -hmm. AME Church and Friendship AME Church. And I cannot give a shout out to them without giving a shout out to my bishop, Bishop Samuel Lawrence Green Sr., who assigned me to both of those churches. Awesome. And I want to thank you and thank you, Amanda, for thinking enough of me to have me on your show. Well, we were honored to have you.
I want to shout out, um, I have to shout out my son, Michael Aaron Butler. Um, a shout out to uh, my parental unit, all of my aunts and uncles, and to everyone. I'm wishing everyone a wonderful Resurrection Sunday. As always, major shout out to our sponsors. Would not be able to do Sound Off without our sponsors. Uh, major love to my family and the Dunbar community. Happy Resurrection Weekend to everybody. And again, Pastor Marie, we're so honored that you came by on this morning, and this has been wonderful. Uh, until next week, God bless you. Remember, we sound off and... You can sound off too. Hey, hey, hey. Our youth are being heard on Sound Off.